three. I'm a little anxious this morning. Here, here is uh, today's uh, scripture that I picked out, uh, Matthew 6:34. Uh, do not worry about this space right here. This is an, kind of more of an interactive uh, presentation than a sermon. So do not worry about anybody got a guess? NIV. Tomorrow. I'm not making it up. It's tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble. She probably ever has enough trouble of its own. The Bible tells us that we're going to have trouble. Uh, it's, it, we're, we're, we're not going to get out of it. Um, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this out today uh, with, uh, with this uh, bottle of water. How much does the bottle of water weigh? Okay, all the engineers are starting to calculate. It's 12 ounces, a little short of a pint. Make it a quart, eight, gallon, uh, eight pounds a gallon. How heavy is it? It doesn't really make any difference how heavy it is. What makes the difference? How long you have to hold it. I can hold this for a minute, no problem. I probably hold this for a couple hours. Be all right. We start to add the hours up to days, now we got a problem. It isn't how much it weighs, it's how long you're holding on to it. And I want you to know that you're holding on to stuff that the Lord wants you to set down so that you can rest. You have to set this down on occasion and rest. If you cannot do that, if you don't learn how to do that, you're going to die before you're supposed to. It's just that simple. And I'm going to show you a couple slides later on that, that you know, you've heard before, uh, but it's, it's startling. Used to do this for a living at a point in my prior career. My T.O. weapon was a slide carousel, a projector, and a rental car. And I kind of did this for a living. I'm a little rusty now. When I did that before, the way we, taught the, the way we instructed and taught people things was we, we told them what we were going to tell them. Then we told them what we wanted them to know. And then we told them what we told them. So you're going to get a little bit of that today because uh, that's just the way I'm used to doing it. This is me 
I work here and at Wellington. As a pastor has said to you that he has talked to you about fear, stress, worry, and all those sorts of things from a scriptural perspective, how they change with different settings, have different meanings. I've got no argument with any of that from his chair. From my chair, things look a little bit different. They look a little bit different. You guys can all read that, right? Anxiety disorders are the most common emotional disorders in the United States of America. The most common. They're more prevalent among baby boomers than any other generation. That's exciting, isn't it? Why do we call it anxiety in the mental health field and not one of these other things? Uh, fear, stress, dread, worry, etc. You'll, you'll never guess why we do that. It's about the money. It's how we get paid if you take insurance. Okay? There's, there's, nothing, uh, there's nothing in our book, and I'll, sh- uh, I'll go down this road just a little bit, that talks about fear and stress and worry. We just categorize it as anxiety because that's the code we put on the forms to send it in to the insurance company so that we can get paid. Just as a, as a disclosure, I don't take insurance. So I don't have to do that. I can sit down with you and go, yeah, you're really stressed. I'll use the word you want me to use. Okay? What are the symptoms uh, of anxiety? Well, before I hit that, this is what I just said. In the DSM-5, which is our instruction book, uh, and how we interact with insurance companies, there isn't any of this. It's all some form of of anxiety. The symptoms of anxiety. Everybody knows this. Everybody's experienced it. Muscles get tense. Heart rate increases a little bit. Blood pressure increases, and the adrenaline starts to flow, drip, trickle, something. So we start to, and we, and we, 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 uh, we start to sweat a little bit, like, like I am up here this morning. There's a couple more. The liver starts to go to work and increase uh, sugars. Breathing goes up, sweat. Digestion shuts off, and our mental focus starts to increase. Pastor talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, and that will last for a little while. I'm going to show you the same graph that he showed you 
um, uh, last week. It's the, the, the curve, okay? In a general sense, and, and I know we've got a couple of nurse, uh, nurses in here, so in a general sense, what, what are we doing in the body? We're activating the autonomic nervous system. Anybody remember that from back when? Okay. Is this on the test, Linnea, you reckon? This system is made up of two parts. That's a good slide there, isn't it? The sympathetic and the parasympathetic. This side over here, the sympathetic, starts to crank us up. The breathing, the heart rate, the blood pressure, shuts off the sh- or starts the sugar shuts off a lot of the extremities of the body. Uh, we're, we're trying to make ourselves safer by doing that. The other side of the system is the parasympathetic takes us back down. So they're sitting there uh, working with and against one another to keep us in the realm that we, uh, that we ought to be. Stress, fear, worry, anxiety all activate the autonomic nervous system in response to a threat. This is our basic definition of anxiety. A threat that's real or imaginary. The, the, the response is in the body. Once the brain starts to go and you're telling it, it doesn't know if the threat is really real or not. And I can assure you there are people sitting here today who have anxiety about things, worry and stress about things that aren't ever going to happen. But the body reacts the same. Real or... An, uh, or imaginary, the body starts to react. The stress, fear, anxiety, dread are not always negative, as the pastor showed you in the brief uh, in a slide last week. A neurological defense mechanism turned on by psychosocial processes, physical duress, environmental pressures that activate physiological systems to help to protect yourself. The idea when this all started before it got corrupted was to protect you. But it has been corrupted. Especially in our world today. The classic example is we're walking down the trail in Colorado, hiking. Everything's good to go. Sun shining, light breeze, nice and, nice and cool. And a mountain lion appears on the trail in front of you. Things start to happen inside of you fairly quickly. Okay? When people put on this kind of presentations about right now, something's going to happen in this area. And I'm going to cause 
most of you to kind of spike a little bit of anxiety. We're not doing that today. I don't want to smell cordite in the air when we get done. Okay, so there, there, there ain't going to be none of that in here. You're, you're safe in here. We've got, we got Ted's relatives out there guarding the door. You are safe in here. I want you to remember that. You are safe in here. I'm not, I'm not going to throw something at you. Here's the curve that Hank uh, showed us last week. Across uh, the top, he got a duress over here, good stress over here. Here is performance going this way, and here is kind of our arousal level. Okay? We, this is a, this right here, what he's got labeled as the comfort zone, is that, you know, it's that little bit of test anxiety or a little bit of anxiety maybe when you get up in front of everybody. You're supposed to be just at the top of your game. I got a big race coming up. I'm about, I'm about to go out and shoot paintballs. I'm a little worked up because this one is really important. I, I'm, God gave us that. Makes us perform just a little bit better. A little bit better. And that's that comfort zone. But when we stay there too long, then uh, it's negative for us. I'm going to come back to that slide. Here in a a different one here in a minute. It is a defense mechanism. The autonomic nervous system starts to turn on. It's to protect us. Uh, But if it's turned on too often, and it stays on for too long, and you never set the water bottle down, there are consequences. And they, the little bottle adds up quickly and causes a lot of distress. Okay? Physical health, psychological health, relationships. Yeah, it's kind of what I deal in. Uh, as, as, a, as a marriage and family therapist, I deal in relationships. And stress affects them a lot. Of course, job performance is also affected. When we, when we talk about, uh, and I talk about anxiety, and, and, and Hink has used other phrases, one way to look is, at this is it's a continuum, right? And, and this is subjective. Don't anybody walk out of here and say, well, Sid said, okay? Because that ain't, that ain't quite the way I want you to do that. But if you think about it as a continuum, uh, worry, you know, the, the Bible tells us we're going to have troubles. So we've got to live with some. And then it, it, it works up maybe stress, dread, anxiety, high anxiety, at the top of the list is panic attack and high anxiety. Where do we end up if we have one of those? A lot of people. Because I kind of want to set the scale for you here. Hospital. Emergency room. Your heart is coming out of your chest. You can't, you can't make it. You can't shut it off. They can't, you can't shut it off. Normally peak in 10 to 15 minutes, 
Uh, and by that time, you're, you're so scared that you're headed, to the, uh, you're headed to the emergency room. And that's where you need to go. I'm not telling you not to go there. That's where you need to go. So it's, it's kind of a continuum. therapy business, HIPAA is really important, which is about privacy. Anybody know what I'm about to do? <laughs> okay. As I, as, I, as I make eye contact with you, going by the, uh, as I make eye contact with you as I walk back through here and look at you, okay, I want you to give me a slow blink if you've ever had a high anxiety attack or a panic attack. It's a slow blink. <laughs> See, I'm maintaining your confidentiality here. That's what, that's what I'm doing. There, there, there's a few of you that have had uh, a significant anxiety attack. And, and you can put me in that group. I've had one. I think just one, but I've had one, and it was scary. It was extremely scary. So in this group, we got folks uh, that have had them. It's my opportunity to just uh, uh, to tell you that from a, from a therapist's chair, the difference between an anxiety attack and a, a high anxiety attack and a panic attack is a panic attack is without external stimulus. There's nothing that caused it. It's just there. And it's really scary because you don't know how it got there. And the most classic example is what we call a nocturnal panic attack. You wake up from a dead sleep and you are in a full-blown attack. And boy, they are scary. That, 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 those, that's kind of the difference between anxiety, high anxiety and panic. The difference in the body is, is nil. It didn't really make much difference. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, in, it's in the definition. pastor had this up uh, last week. I told you I was going to show it to you again. And I just want to refresh you because I'm about to show you another one. And I'm going to pick up the pace here. That shows the, uh, the good zone as right there. Okay? Let me show you this slide that we use in, in, uh, uh, in, I use in therapy all the time. It's kind of the same thing. The arousal level is across the top here, Right? And it gives, you, it gives you some identifiers. And these can change. Calm. When I am calm, I can think about the abstract. What is the meaning of God in my life and in the world? As I walk across the top, and these, and these uh, definitions can change, what happens is our con there's, our, there's our sweet spot right there, our comfort zone. 
is right here in the middle at, at a little bit of arousal hypervigilance. It's that test anxiety I talked about. Okay, I'm going to operate really good right there. Then when I go on up the ladder, when I get to the end here, and in, this author calls it terror, what I'm trying to get across to you here is as you walk, and I call it the ladder of emotional arousal, when you walk the ladder, this, this part of this line right here tells you that your brain shuts off. You do not have access when you get down to the end, you don't have access to this thing up here that we call the, uh, the uh, cerebellum and all that stuff up here in the front, the cortex, right? Your brain has reverted back down to the brain stem and the autonomic nervous system. And my, I am actually capable of figuring out two things. What are they? Fight or run. That's all I can figure out. My brain can't figure out anything else. Why is that important for my chair? Is because I deal with couples and they climb this ladder right here. They climb this ladder while they're trying to solve problems. You don't have your brain. You left it behind at calm. And you're trying to solve problems. You can't do it. You need to take a break, come back down the ladder and then engage one another. There are numerous health problems because of stress. And I know you guys know all of this, but it is... Uh, I'm not, I didn't show you this slide here. These are, these are the, this is a list of about 54 items, and it, and, and, and it starts with frequent headaches and jaw clenching, tremors, a trembling of the hands and the lips, cold, sweaty hands and feet, heartburn, I mean, uh, forgetfulness, disorganization, confusion. These are health results of stress, of anxiety, of worry. Pick the word that you want to use. It is... It, 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 it is up there. They have found 70-90% of things that walk into the doctor's office is caused by stress. There's that one study there. 74% of 3,000 visits walked into family practice physician and he could point it back to stress. We're no good at setting this bottle down. You're no good at it. I'm no good at it. We have to practice. That's what gives us the ability uh, to combat this stuff. I was going to talk about the adrenal gland right here. Okay, uh, It's kind of the culprit that manufactures adrenaline and, and cortisol. One of them is fast acting, one of them is slow acting, one of them leaves the system real quick, one of them leaves the system real slow, and when they get out of whack, things get really bad. So what, do, uh, what, what can I do to help myself? 
Quick and easy. Quick. Focus on what you want, not on what you don't want. Look at life in the positive. Develop personal boundaries. You can only control what you think and you feel and you do, not what others are feeling or doing. Geez, that ends up in my office all the time. <laughs> Whoo, baby. What else can I do? But, uh, participate in religious worship services. And the pastor said, Amen. Amen. He mentions exercise last week, and I know everybody can't do it, but it is, it is so important in our lives, we've got to put it in. There's a blank spot right there, right? Right here. Take them first two letters of the one above it and add a letter to it and put it in right there. You don't say. Really? Okay, somebody say Amen. Do something you love. It helps you out. It helps you break uh, the cycle and lower uh, your stress level. Something you love. It's uniquely yours. But we, we just, we, don't, we won't do it. We're too busy. You're going to die before your time. Learn to say no. Anybody have a problem with, uh, with that? Learn to say no. I, it's really hard, but it is really powerful. Okay, here we go. A couple pieces of dark chocolate. Milk don't count. Dark. I mean, it, I'm serious. That's what the research shows. Throw a tantrum now and then. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, we used to say, just buckle it all up. You know, hang on to it. Be strong. Ah, throw a tantrum now and then. Stomp your feet. <laughs> you probably ought to schedule a session with me. <laughs> Cuddle up with your pet. Get some extra sleep. Okay? All right. Here we go. Here's the meat of this thing, and I, wa- I want to I uh, talk to you about and experience with you. Okay. Now, everybody can make their own choices out there, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to sit in your chair... Put both feet on the floor, okay? And we're going to go through a couple of drills. These drills work. They will help you lower your stress level. We enter, into the, we enter into the cycle primarily, or one of the first places we enter in is breath. This is about heart rate variability. Anybody ever heard the term biofeedback? Okay, quite a few. This is a biofeedback deal that I do in therapy. I hook you up to a, a, the laptop, and it shows you how well you're doing. But we can do it in here without that, because half of you won't do it anyway. Okay? It, it, it's okay. Okay? Here you go. I want you to, if, you, if you're, I, remember, I told you that Ted's relatives are guarding the doors. Everybody's safe. Everybody's safe in here. I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to take your mind and I want you to focus it on your right big toe and move it just a little bit. You can move where your mind is focused. Now bring that focus up to the middle of your stomach 
and tighten your stomach muscles just a little bit and relax them. Now bring that focus on up to your heart, the middle of your chest. Focus on your heart while you establish a rhythmic breathing pattern. Not too fast, not too slow, just make the breath pattern the same while you focus on your heart and your breathing. You are building coherence. Focus on your breathing and your heart. Heart breathing, heart focus. Keep everything else out of your mind. Strictly on your heart and your breath. Heart focus, heart breathing. Okay, I want everybody to open your eyes. I want you to take a deep breath from down in the stomach. Feel your lungs all the way out, pushing your stomach out, and then exhale. Every time the heart, every time you breathe in, your heart speeds up just a little bit. Every time you exhale, it slows down a little bit. What we're trying to do is get this, this thing and this thing in sync. And in this in this heart rate variability idea, it's called coherence. And an engineer can talk to you about the power of coherence. It's what makes a laser. Okay? One more drill. And Hank has, Hank has worked all morning getting this set up. Okay? So I want everybody to remember, okay, you're safe. I want you to, I want you to think about a place, real or imaginary. Now is everybody kind of figuring out why I was showing you them pictures? <laughs> Some people can't have a hard time with this. Mental image, a place where you feel comfortable, relaxed, safe. I'll let you pick the adjective, whatever it is. Mental image. We, sometimes we use the, the, the thing, we call it the happy place. I want you to go there, okay? And then I'm, I'm going to turn on some tones up here. I want you to hold the place in your mind. I want you to build the place with all five of your senses. Smell, sight, taste, sound and tactile you're there you're not remembering you're actually there it's a comfortable place it's restful you like it there
Everybody open your eyes and take a deep breath all the way in and out. If the band would start to come forward, I'm just about done. You have just experienced the beginning or the resourcing of EMDR. Eye movement desensitization um, and reprocessing. You just start. It's the first thing we do is build you a place that you feel safe. It's the beginning. It should be relaxing. If you will go there every day for three or four minutes, you will make a difference in how you feel. Now, I know some of you ain't going to do it. I'm not doing that. I know. I get them in therapy, and they're paying me good money. I'm not doing that. That isn't who I am. If you want to be the way you are, you just keep doing what you're doing. And don't make any changes. And you'll stay just the way you are. Make some changes in your life that will lower your stress, anxiety, worry, and fear. And you will be a servant of the Lord longer here. He doesn't want you up there before your time. He doesn't. Make the changes you need to make. And if you really struggle with this anxiety idea, you need, to, you need to come see me. If you don't want to see me, you come see me and I'll get you somebody else. That's fair enough. Thank you. hocus pocus or um, hypnosis or anything weird like that this is just a matter of us bringing our bodies into sync with what is happening in our brains and in our hearts and in our environment and making some exercises that help us to dissipate some of these things if you don't think god cares about what causes 70 to 90 percent of our hospital visits you are wrong And so God cares about this. When you wake up in the middle of the night like I do, God cares about that. And he's given us tools to address that. So thank you, Sid, for guiding us in that. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, let's have our ushers come forward.